We just start these with an eavesdrop, and that's it. Like, you know, a lot of podcasts want to have this, like, I want a five-second lead-in. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if we add a lead-in that is very trendy today, it might suck tomorrow. <laughs> and I make music, which is the worst part. So yeah. I, can't, I can't make a lead-in that I'm going to be satisfied with. You're like in the creative dilemma, where it's like you want to create something cool, but you know the 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 lifespan of that coolness it's very limited <laughs> whereas like me i'm just kind of like my simple lead into my podcast is like welcome to the omg show all right that's it that's super corny but it's just like all right done the, <laughs> the uh, well, welcome to the bomb pod thank you for that tag team intro here jota here with my guest longtime friend fellow manatee member yeah, oscar introduce your podcast introduce everything you've got going on Man, there's a lot, but hello everyone. Oscar Garcia here, host of the OMG show. Um, grateful to be here, man. It's, it's been a long time, but I'm looking forward to having the conversation because uh, we go back. We go back to KOP days, and um, I, I'm just I'm happy to see your growth, man. That's one thing I do want to put out there. Is that Thank you. I've seen you hustle and grind, and I, I see your crazy like guitar videos on Facebook, and I'm like, this is it, is it like how the room is not impressive at all? You're just like, that's where it happens. I'm like, yeah, but Dude, green screen. You want to know where it happens on me? I have a fold-up table from Walmart that I bought at like ten bucks, and that's literally yeah. my desk. That was it. I bought the most expensive thing that I own is pretty much the Yeti mic that I bought at Best Buy or something, rather than buying it off Amazon. Mm-hmm. But then I just have the wall as my background, and then the webcam on my laptop. That's it. That's all I do. Speaking so. of, when, when you simplified your process, wasn't it easier not to make excuses anymore? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I try to eliminate as much as possible. Like, it's eliminate, automate, delegate. That's kind of like the three whoa, different whoa, things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say that one more time. <laughs> that was super cool. What was that? Eliminate, automate, delegate. So it's like you look at your life, what's going on, right? And there's yeah. a bunch of stuff that you know you got to do. So a lot of people kind of stress and they... Like, either decide to go to Office Depot and get all the organizers they can, <laughs> or they just say, you know, chuck it in the air and say, forget it. But for me, it's like, okay, I look at what I need to do, and then I figure out, do I actually need to do this, or do I not? If I don't need to do it, you know, bye. Next. How deep like, does that get, by the way? It goes very deep, man. Because um, it could be frivolous, <clears throat> like, ah, my ego. I don't want to do that. But see, I love my ego. You see, to me, I I don't know, like, I understand ego, too much of it can be pretty bad, but I think ego is like your cheerleader, you know, and I think ego dances around with fear. Fear is kind of like your best friend, it wants to keep you safe, right? But ego is the one telling you, nah, man, you deserve more. But fear is like, hey, don't cross this line because we don't know what's on the other side. So you kind of need both. I I feel like they balance at different times in life, but... um. That's a good one. What was the next thing before I interrupted you? <laughs> <laughs> Automate. So it's like, all right, well, um, you know, I'm a business owner, right? And I don't want to necessarily always be sending emails. So I look at what in my business do can I remove myself from? And can I find a way to automate it? So for example, let's say someone inquires about a product I'm selling. I already have some kind of automated system that just communicates with them. So that way I no longer have to manually do it myself. Does that take away from, uh, I guess, personality, from interacting with the people you could sell to? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But there's a way to personalize it where it still feels pretty cool. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm actually a big believer in personalization and most of, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm a marketer. I help businesses scale with marketing and things like that. So 
for me, it's less about making a sale and it's more about building a relationship. And you can only build a relationship by making it personal, mm-hmm. right? Um, so once you're done automating it, right, the next thing to do is delegate it. So is there someone you can leverage? For example, do you like to edit videos? Absolutely not. Okay. So <laughs> therefore, you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? So find someone who likes to edit or find someone... Like, you know, there's someone just like you who wants to make it as a videographer, as an editor, right? So find that person, collaborate with them, and therefore they can edit your videos. There you go. Do you feel that, that that, that one hit really close. I feel that giving up the reins is is, is a little, if you have the time to do it, um, especially if you can't leverage somebody who's as passionate as you. Mm Mm-hmm. Or is willing to learn. And you see a lot of people on first take usually just be like, oh, yeah, I can. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. I think some Gary Vee had a post was like where he was, his dad would bitch at his employees. But like, yeah, but they make 12 an hour. Right. You own the company. Like, I always, that's one of my fears always. I'm like, you're not going to love this as much as I do. So I'm going to have to put in the work until my value goes so high that mm-hmm. you, those people rise to the top. Yeah, and it's kind of like a, a double-edged sword, though, because when you end up doing that, Right, you find yourself in this position where you're wearing too many hats and you're not moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right, it's kind of like three steps, you know, two steps forward, three steps back type of deal. So when it comes to control, especially for creative types, the best thing that I can recommend for you to do is document your process. Okay, you have to take a look at okay, how do I like things to be done? How do I approach certain topics? How do I feel about certain topics? And then once you document that process, you can then hand it off to someone else. Yeah. And then, of course, the first time they do it, they're not going to come up to par and things like that, right? Yeah. But over time, the more you communicate with them, the more you document. I mean, it's all about, again, building that relationship. But you have to be willing to at least open up that possibility. Otherwise, you're not going to get any momentum now. I think that um, even in my case, where we have three people, mm-hmm. I still feel we haven't gotten the most out of every everything. Part of the reason I'm moving is to get closer to them, so... Mm-hmm. You take away that time from here. It's so easy. Yeah. And we've worked, we've lived together before, and, and we know how productive it can be. Mm-hmm. But now with more things on the line and more of an understanding of like how time is, yeah. it just feels like I haven't put in like David Goggins amount of work yet mm-hmm. to even get to that point. I feel like I can do more <laughs> still, but not in the fear way, but like in the ego way. I'm like, yeah, I, like I had free time today. Yeah. Like that sucks. Like I wish I could. Get more done. So, are, are you 100% bought into David Goggins? I think in, in when well, my mind wants to make an excuse, yes. Okay. When you really, when you complain about something so trivial, you're going to be like, this guy okay. could do all this. Absolutely. Like, I, I love, I mean, obviously the story where he ran the 100 miles with, like, two broken feet. Yeah. Like, stories about determination, right? Like, mm-hmm. that that's awesome because it's kind of like the superhuman quality, right? But then that also creates, you know for lack of a better example, like a, a double-edged sword, because it puts people into a mindset that I had for a long time where I always have to be grinding, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, when I have free time, I feel bad that I have free time. Mm-hmm. What can I be doing? So that adds more to the stress. And what ends up happening is, at least for me, I found that the more I think about, like, oh, I have free time, I should be doing something else, I find things to do. But rather than working on the things that I should be working on, I'm just finding busy work to fill in yeah. the time. That is, I I find that happens to be the most when I'm here, when I'm not uh, with them organically. Mm -hmm. You you can easily uh, behind a computer desk and coffee just just continuously zombie out as I do sometimes. Yeah. 
where I, I still wake up at six in the morning, but next thing you know, it's like one p.m. I haven't eaten. All I've drank is, is this cold coffee. But I've learned so much, and I've read all this. Mm-hmm. I think that the human interaction will allow ideas to go faster. I mean, we've we've been at this for years at this point, mm-hmm. and you you start noticing how things are smoother. Mm-hmm. So now it's just like executing those smooth things. Like for me, it should be no issue. You do a vlog a week, a po- Instagram post, working on new material for the YouTube channel, three different sets of videos a week. For me, that's cake. Mm-hmm. And even and that's I still feel I'm underdoing it. But like if right. I can in- establish a conti- like a thirty hour work week for the group where mm-hmm. everybody puts in ninety hours collectively, mm-hmm. you know, if, the more efficient you get. You know, the more numbers you churn out, the the more process. And music gets a, a very shitty backlash of it being the most crapshoot game. But I'm like, if you look at it as a business, it's exactly the same. You have an audience, you need to sell tickets, yeah, and you need to have people invest in you, right? Yeah. As opposed to making it seem like people don't like my song, I'm like, I've had people sit in your chair who are traveling as a jazz as a jazz group, an instrumental jazz group, and they're yeah. touring Europe. Like, why am I making an excuse? So that's where the Goggins yeah, part like takes yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think like, I mean, even when I work with my clients, it, there's nothing like, for example, next week I'm heading up to Jacksonville for an entire week, and me and my client are pretty much gonna be working like 24, you know, seven, pretty much. And this is the same client that gave me my first opportunity once I left the corporate world, and I was like, I'm done with it. Um, you know. Long story short, I pretty much pulled out my 401k from the corporate world and only had three months to live off of that. And so I had met him while I was at uh, you know, university and I, he had talked about this business or whatever, right? And anyways, when I left my job, I was like, hey man, listen, uh, I just left my job. I pulled out my 401k and my lease is up and I know you have this business idea. Do you mind if I move in with you? Don't charge me rent and I'll build your business. And he's like, come on down. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> for those three months, I burned through my 401k <laughs> pulled out some credit cards, survived another two months off of that. Um, and this was literally probably putting 20 hours of work a day. And I didn't see a return for about eight months. Yeah. But then in eight months of him and I working together constantly, he had a six-figure business. Right. So for me, like, it's cool to do video conferencing and all that kind of stuff. But there's nothing like being in a person-to-person. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to find the kind of work ethic and the yeah. kind of output outside of doing that. That is ridiculous. I didn't know you went through all that and leaving corporate world. Yeah. At what age did you, or at what point, and you don't have to drop up by age, did you realize, like, like how I am now where I'm like, this game in here ain't changing anytime soon. I got to right. leave it. Dude, honestly, I, I, <laughs> it's funny because I don't have an exact time. Like, I knew going into into school that I was like, this game is this game is rigged, <laughs> right? This game this game is set up to mm-hmm. you know create a cog in a wheel. Um, but I did I did the turnkey thing, you know, go to school, work hard, get a degree. I ended up getting two degrees, right, in four years. Graduated without any debt, thankfully, and I busted my ass in order to get a job. Yeah. Okay. And so I did all that, and I got uh, what was it? I got paid fifty seven thousand right out of school, full benefits for one k back, all that kind of stuff. And then, like, as soon as I went in, I was excited because I was like, yes, I'm doing what everyone has said is this what yeah. you should be doing, right? So I felt good. And then, like, I realized that it didn't matter how hard I worked, I would only get a 2% raise at the end of the year, right? And so I was like, okay, well, 
I have a mom and a dad that at some point I'm going to need to take care of. And no matter how hard I work or how long that I'm here, I'm not going to be able to take care of mom and dad plus whatever family I want to have in the future. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was like, this ain't it. This can't be it. Um, and then the other thing, too, is that like I was used to being outside. And, you know, I, I, I used to do a lot of marketing and website development to pay my way through school. So it's out and about problem solving. And I went to the corporate world. There's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of slow processes and things like that. And my working with people was great and all, but like, yeah. it's just that work environment just sucked. And I was like, this, this is not it, man. There's, there has to be so much more. And thankfully I had a, a mentor at the time who he's like, dude, you got to burn the boats. And I was like, what is that? And he's like, dude, you're Mexican, right? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you should know this story. And I'm like, enlighten me. He's like, all right, well, <laughs> when Cortez came over from Spain, right, landed in Mexico, mm-hmm. he told his soldiers, hey, we're not leaving until we take over this country, burn the boats. Fast forward, I'm light-skinned. So, you know what happens. <laughs> burn the boats. <laughs> you burn the boats. So, it's all about taking that commitment and make it happen, right? So, because I had thought about for a whole year before I even quit, like, I'm ready for something else. I kind of want to do my own thing. But I was just afraid of, you know, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to survive? All that BS at the end of the day. Yep. And it's just, you just got to make a commitment and go for it. You, you mentioned a point about family, and I feel... Over time, and the more I've had my friends over, you start realizing that like Latin families are terrible for setting up kids for success. Yeah, they make them fear money um, uh, and pledge loyalty to a company, which at the, it's not to their discredit. Because at the time when they moved here, that was the name of the game. Mm-hmm. That's like you stay afloat. But now, like you can't explain to them that some kid made all that money playing Fortnite. You can't explain to them that you can. Uh, have so many side hustles that a main one is just there for nothing for like at least insurance or 401k basis yeah. like I know that I've my brother is a he's a you know scholar so he's he's on that side but on my side it's just <clears throat> very hard to describe how like I would want to leave a, a position that's so great quote unquote and, and, and just go for something that's like completely unguaranteed right yeah. how, how did how are you able to you know, being so, you know, earning your degrees and having that job, mm-hmm. were, were your parents supportive of you or was there backlash? And if there was backlash, did you just be like, this is what it is? <laughs> Thankfully, man, like, um, I grew up with my parents. Like, my dad worked three jobs. My mother worked two jobs growing up, right? Like, even at KOP mm-hmm. type of stuff. Um, so, like, they instilled that work ethic mentality. So, it was kind of like whenever I thought about just, like, leaving, I would think about what would my dad do? What would my mom do? So that always instilled, like, like your David Goggins. Mm-hmm. I just look at my mom and my dad, and I'm like, they didn't quit, so yeah. how could I quit, right? Um, there was some backlash at first, because they're just like, what are you going to do? How are you going to survive? But it was it was coming from a point of, like, they love me, they want to see me, you know, be, be okay, yeah. right? But then once I told them kind of what I wanted to do, they're like, all right, go for it. Like, at the end of the day, we'll have your back. It's all good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could always get another job, <laughs> right? So what's the worst that can happen? And to your point about, like, Latin families, man, I think it's, I've come across a lot of people that are just stuck in this mentality that you have to go to school, get a degree, get a job. And I don't want to have to go into that conversation because it's like everyone knows it at this point, I feel right. But it's, it's, I think it goes way back. And I think the problem started when, when they pulled the dad away from the family way back when. High agree on that. (laughs) Super high agree. I think we align on on, on that similar thing. But on that note, we'll take a break. And we'll be right back. You want to do? So look, I agree with you. All men have been pussies. All tw- <laughs> two, all the twenty tens. 
<laughs> there has been a heavy flow of feminine energy going around between anything with nuts. And <laughs> I'm tired of it because I was caught in that trap too, right? Mm-hmm. You start, it's like, I was, I was speaking to, to Goose. Like, co- corporate America and middle jobs are all feminine energy. Okay. No matter how hard you can excel statistically, uh-huh. someone doesn't have to like you, <laughs> and you just don't get it. Like I've I gotten promoted, not gotten promoted, not for numbers, but mm-hmm. only for character. Character, but as any job that you do performance in, mm-hmm. like why have stats? Imagine the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. You get your stats. They'll deal with you if you're terrible, right? There's enough players that we know are bad personalities, but yeah. you put up those numbers, it's fine. Yeah. Corporate world doesn't include it, and it makes other people do other things to get promoted. Right. More devious things, right? Mm-hmm. Putting their fellow man down, being a snitch, right. working both sides. We've and all so, seen and, it. And so here's where I was coming from with that statement, mm-hmm. right? It's like back in the day, you know, we pretty much lived in farms, right? Communal farms, um, where the family was raised together the father was part of you know the family the boys were raised by the father and the mother right yeah we take it back even further like at the age of seven most societies would take the sons out away right remove them from the mother go through some initiation process all that kind of stuff but anyways we get to the great depression right so what ends up happening after the great depression is that farms are pretty much going left and right and then what comes after that? The Industrial Revolution, which then means we remove the fathers from the farms and put them into work, you know, um, warehouses, factories, yeah. things like that to work. So what ends up happening is that now only one parent, right, is raising the family. Now the male, his only source of value is going to job and working like a cog. That's it. There's mm-hmm. no other sense of value coming from the family anymore. And then you kind of propagate that over other generations. And now you have, where again, we were just talking about during the break, where it's like, you know, people are afraid to stand for what they believe in. You know, it's like, you can't say certain things. Um, you know, certain people aren't able to have a debate, things like that. But as, as, as men, you know, as like I'm entering into my 30s, right? So I'm thinking about family. I'm thinking about what kind of, you know, family do I want to have? What kind of imprint do I want to leave on my kids when I have them and things like that? And I'm thinking about like, I want to make sure that my son knows, number one, how to be respectful, but also how to have a sense of responsibility to what they believe in. And I feel like a lot of dudes that I meet right now don't have that. I, let me um, uh, definitely chime into that. I feel that, yeah, the r- rounding out your 20s kind of gives you like a culminative view of what you've done and, and where you've not been and who you've been. That happened with me, and I was so disgusted by, by my, my late 20s specifically. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I not started being honest with myself because I think that's the last thing that happened. I think once I started realizing that the game isn't tilting in my favor anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, age, a lot of my friends are 28, 29. I'm waiting for the 3-0 to hit because people, it, it's, it's weird. It's just this effect of like added subconscious responsibility mm-hmm. because the action that I would do at 29 of being a piece of shit or being out or whatever yeah. is acceptable. Once you had a three, you're like, oh, wait, I'm, why am I doing this? And See, that's, that's been that's... happening so much that it <laughs> met. And now that's, this is how I am now. Yeah. The, the changes that have been occurring have been on side. I met my mentor around that time. Okay. Who, like you mentioned, having one, yo, mm-hmm. uh, and back to the real original point, having a positive male figure who 
is going to tell you how it fucking straight is. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's like, so crucial. Back in the day, right, there used to be a group of wise men, right? And if you had a problem, you would go out, talk to them, and they would seek counsel, Yeah. right? Do you have a group of elders you can reach out to? Nope. Right? And most people don't have that anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're doing brain surgery on yourself. <laughs> Good mm. luck trying to get that done, right? And so it's kind of like... You know, it's important that at least for, for dudes, and I know whatever, when hearing this, you can make it sound like we're having a bro off, but it's important that men come together from different ages to then share guidance because that's something that we, we've lost for a long time. But yeah. it's, it's super important because most of the success that I've had is because I've talked to people who've already done it, been there, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, yeah. just, it's not easy to go out and find a mentor. It's not. It's no, you, you, you have to catch it. My mentor was my, I think I've told this before, so a guy who I met at Starbucks when I was working there, mm-hmm. he was just too happy to be excited. He was too happy <laughs> to be awake at six in the morning. Okay. So eventually, you know, I, I spoke to him. I, I made some time with him. He set me straight. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I guess I wake up so early to get coffee. I want to catch him there. Right. Because he's been so instrumental on, like, cutting the bullshit. Like, as a guy... You could, and I learned this this year. You, your, your father will tap out mm-hmm. on knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not love and compassion, because that's a genuine thing to you. Mm-hmm. But your dad don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And eventually, to get to that next level, you have to maintain that relationship with somebody to grow that next third, right? You have people you influence, you have your peers, but where are you learning from the top third? Right. And men it's aren't necessarily. Better. We don't do internships anymore or yeah. apprenticeships. Apprenticeships or, are huge, man. I'm a big fan of that. Right? Yeah. It's not done anymore for roles, so you kind of have to. Like I've been doing, adopting these these gentlemen through the internet and, and learning it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And one per point that you mentioned earlier, as it was a bro off. Um, everybody complains about men not being good at anything. <laughs> right. So it's not a bro off. It's just like, look, there's enough women who who. Who are who of men have been unfit and un and undone by and not a men of character, right. and that's all coming from probably not having a dad, which didn't have character. Right. You I know, mean, baby mamas and baby daddy shit. Did that guy have a great relationship with his father beforehand? Yeah. Like that's not factored in. I mean, it's it's kind of like for guys. Like if you like a girl, you should meet their mom first because their mom's gonna tell you more of how she is right. than than the girl herself. Mm-hmm. You know. That should apply for men too, mm-hmm. and it, like I was raised in a, in a home between two dads, mm-hmm. so I I totally see how that did a disservice to me, mm-hmm. and made me a little bit more adult quicker than everybody else. Yeah, but I can't say it's a plus or a minus. I just got to move on now with the information. Well, I mean, I know there, there is no plus or minus. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just you, right? It's your unique story, and it's not for me to judge, because like my parents were together, but they separated when I was eighteen. In fact. I remember the weekend because Arian took me to a, a Rock the Bells concert Yeah. <laughs> right before. And then the next day I was like, oh, okay, this is happening. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just, it's just a, a, you know, I'm not sure what the answer is. I just, it's just something that I'm noticing. And as I'm, you know, I interact with men of all different ages and, you know, I know Navy SEALs that right now, you know, they're going through it, right? They're, they have some type of obviously PTSD, but then yeah. they're questioning kind of like, who am I as a father, as a son, as a brother, as a man? And it's a lot of it can be attributed to not having the right people in place to give you wisdom as they were growing up, right? Because most of these gentlemen that, like, I'm not sure about your fathers or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I'm willing to bet that they didn't, maybe they didn't have the best relationship with their fathers too. 
you know? Yeah. It goes longer. It goes right. longer than just one. Exactly. And I've said before here that breaking the cycle to me is one of the most important things. And, and you can learn how to do that in your own work. Sorry. In your own sense, we're empowered with the most knowledge ability ever. ever. When I, when I went to college, there was none of this available in reference to growth. Mm-hmm. It was still like your school, your high school was telling you to do that and to, to be a member of society. And mm-hmm. I think now we're a generation that is in between tech and in between hard work mm-hmm. where you did grow up at a point where you had to earn something and but you're savvy enough to take that work ethic digitally, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. see some younger kids now that just, they, wizards, it's hard man. for them to learn mm-hmm. because they've the, the, the school system has turned everything into a, to achieve a grade. Mm-hmm. And so the motive has become to get the A. Not necessarily right. the A represents what I've learned. Yeah, like, I had to go to school to pass an FCAT. Yeah. You know, not to learn, not to better myself, not to mm-hmm. understand the world around me. It was just to pass a standardized exam, you know. Um, and that, that's another topic that, like, again, you know, as... I'm thinking about the future, like, you know, I do want kids at some point, and I'm like, do I want them to go to public school? I don't know, you know? <laughs> that's you know a, what? That's I was, a different topic altogether. A, but. No, we can go on it. We have a, we have a mutual friend who yeah. was talking to us about his kids' first day of school tomorrow, and it was just amazing to hear that um, they chose charter schools and, yeah. and told us the reason for it. Um, my other friend was talking about a Montessori mm-hmm. uh, way of, of teaching your kid. Mm-hmm. The way that you do that is fine as our generation because we, you, the, it's the wild, wild west on how you can make revenue, right? And if you're, you're always concerned as a parent is to, that your kid isn't a bum. Yeah. As a, I think like the overarching one is like, yeah. just don't make them a bum. Like, let them, I don't have to like them. Just make sure they're not a bum who asks me for money, right? right, right Bottom right. tier or keep them off the pole, whatever. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> And now you're, you've seen people make income selling shirts, having a food truck, and yeah, like and, and, and all those things are passion <clears throat> projects, right? Like there's so many breweries now. There's a wrestling mm-hmm. brewery out here. Mm-hmm. Like there's a barbecue place we were at earlier today where like they just asked me what I want to eat. Like it, it's so right. those small great communities of people yeah. who are flourishing in small business that there's it would behoove you as a parent. To just put your kids in whatever position that is to win, whatever it is that they love. And that's the thing, absolutely. I'm I'm 100% putting them like, like for example, you love music, right? Yeah. Like, you love music. Let's go hard on music, right? When do you use calculus? Never. <laughs> right? um, I I just need uh, money math, and like that's pretty much all. What, I need. Really, what you need is like, okay, if I spend a dollar, how do I make sure it comes back with two dollars? <laughs> money math. That's, that's pretty it. Much that's it. it. Right. But it's like, you know, that's why I like the idea of, of apprenticeships where it's like, you know, going to work in something that you actually like and dedicating yourself to that, right? And obviously the argument there is like, well, how do you know? And it's like, well, you don't know until you actually try it. But rather than going through, you know, 16, 17, 18 years of your life, learning things that you're going to retrain you anyways, yeah. <laughs> you know, and True. then most of the time you're going to, you're going to forget altogether. There's, you know? there's a, a, a reason that, um. Like European kids are so much better than at soccer, because oh, of those. I can go into that. Right. <laughs> you look at you look at those like how they nurture that idea. I actually have a family member in the Barcelona one. Oh, nice. Um, I'll talk Crazy. to you about that later. But 
So, like, I've seen it firsthand. He lives here in Miami, school in Doral, hated everything. We're yeah. just like, this sucks. We're just like, all he wants to do is play soccer. We're like, well, you guys have the means. Yeah. Send them over there. And they did. And sure enough, when you feed him eight hours of soccer a day, it makes it pretty easy for them to stomach the other stuff that you learn Absolutely. to become a well-rounded human being, Absolutely. right? Here... Let's, there's no way. There's no way you can specialize in anything growing up, mm-hmm. right? So over there in Spain, culture-wise, you're like, oh, your kid can kick a ball at three, put him in whatever soccer school, That's right? Yeah. Here, your kid is amazing at three or what? Oh, put him in gifted. <laughs> like, what does that even do? Like, it's, put him in gifted. He could play piano like insane as a three-year-old. Ah, put him in gifted. Right. And Look like, at the thing, like, put him in gifted. It's crazy too, because like I don't even know what gifted means. I, don't, I mean, I wasn't in gifted. I yeah. wasn't advanced, but I wasn't gifted. Whatever. And even those right. two titles, <laughs> it's like America's so stupid. Everything's got to be small, medium, large. And like, and like, you went to you have regular classes. Ugh, no, I have I advanced. Only, I only had I only had one regular class, and that was in sixth grade. Did I you feel like you were like in the ghetto? Because that's how Dude, I, they, yeah, they, I, made, I, they made. I literally sat there and I was like. Oh my god, I gotta get out of here. They made those classes feel like you were poor. Oh man, like, that was bad. I was like, <laughs> these are these people exist out here? This is crazy, man. Um, you know, it, it it was bad. But it the only thing I can say between the difference of advanced and regular is that you got more tests. <laughs> As an advanced student, that was it. You know, at least that's how I felt. I didn't remember how rigged that game was. Like my, my brother had gifted classes, yeah. and I was advanced. I was always looked as a piece of shit. So, but like you weren't regular. Yeah. I just felt that if you had a regular class, you're walking like into the hood. There's like, definitely I don't know a stigma why. for sure. Like you know, if you're but gifted, I didn't go you to any around. crazy school. Like I went to like a very normal middle school, very yeah. normal high school. But I just, it just felt like poverty. Talk about social programming from the jump. Yeah, man, from the beginning. <laughs> you gotta, but yeah, there, there, there clearly is. Algebra. I mean, there, there clearly is, right? And I was listening yeah. to, to one of your podcasts on the way down, and you were talking about, you know, there's winners and there's losers, you know? And I, I think it's absolutely true. Like, there's just some people that are okay, like, with their life, you know? And I'm not sure why, but for me, I, I always felt like I don't belong. Because for some reason, something in my head is programmed to say, like, I don't know, this is weird, right? But it's like, okay, growing up, I would watch The Terminator. And I was like maybe three, four years old, right? Yep. And then I was like, dude, I'm a Terminator. <laughs> There's something special about me. I don't know what it is, but I'm a freaking Terminator. I saw, you know, Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm a Jedi. <laughs> so I always had that like, oh, I'm something else. I can't just be this person, this this whatever this is right here, right yeah. now. There's something else in there. But there's some people that are okay with that, and that's totally fine. But I know that I'm not that person. I feel like it's you know? a lie, though. I feel I like know. people just aren't honest to tell you what they really want to do. That could I be feel it, like they don't I'm tell also, me that on purpose. But I'm also not interested in trying to figure out if they're lying. You know? No, no. But they're, they're, you look for key things in their voice to say the fetist. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, oh, that's what you really wanted to do, huh? Oh, you're yeah. projecting? Uh, <laughs> projecting. Just, you couldn't cut it, huh? Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, that's why like, I, I don't necessarily associate my people with myself with people like that. It's like yeah. I like you know, the go-getters, the people that are like, hey, listen, I want more, so let's get it. Because for me, it's like I like breaking down the process. Like, I mean, I'm not sure, but like, you know, you're a creative type, right? So do you like breaking down the creative processes of others and seeing how they figure things out? Or it is torture. Um, okay. <laughs> let me, let me, let me tell you. Now I have something to show you on the break. Okay. Um, 
my, I feel like my my winning strat. I feel like I'm the least talented in the group. I always say this. Okay. But my talent is in the research. Mm-hmm. Like my reference point for music, song, moments, bridges, notes, melodies, shits on everybody else. You can't fuck with them. I'm saying that on my own podcast for anybody <laughs> so who's you're, okay. you're, your You don't is on know point. more than me. Your library is on point. Yeah. yeah. You don't know more than me, so you can't make better shit. Yeah. Like if we're talking about like 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 in like songwriting production mm-hmm. wise, I'm not saying like a hoppy or like yeah. shit like that, but like if we talk about like real chop shit, yeah. ask the boys. Okay. Like my reference game <laughs> is on point. I study. I yeah. love breaking down a hit song and and figuring out why this mm-hmm. sold millions, mm-hmm. right? And I feel that it's a lot chords, of it's four chords, man. Hmm? It's four chords. It's not only the four <laughs> chords, man. Let me. It, that, that that's the extent of my music. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? It is that's an extent, but yeah. what it is is the. You don't know how big songs are. Mm-hmm. Right, you you'll like you'll, I'll hear like in sync. In sync is one of my favorite reference points for mm-hmm. for for pop music. You don't know how many things are going on in that song to make it sound like one dude singing. Like you don't. Mm-hmm. It's there's so much creativity. Yeah. Like pop is the ultimate sport. That's why it's my favorite genre. If I had to pick one. Okay. I like everything, but pop is just like well, this is like the Ferrari of music. Like mm. it's three minutes and it's to the point. A lot of people look at it; it's really passe. Yeah. But pop isn't a sound. Pop, it's the best shit that sells. So inherently, pop evolves, right? Mm-hmm. 80s hair metal, 70s disco, 90s grunge, 50s doo-wop, 60s Beatles, 2000s yeah. trap rap, 2020s. It will be something different. Right. It has to. People get bored. Mm-hmm. People evolve. So for me, I study that shit. Mm-hmm. I don't care what's going on in music today. I have no idea. I don't know what's yeah. on the radio. <laughs> but if I can reference amazing old groups, mm-hmm. I have a leg up on everybody else. Okay. All right. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I wish I could test you. I'm just like, I just like music. I like I'm going to show you I'm some not. crazy shit. I'm going <laughs> to show right. you some of my study things. All right. I'm excited to see All you. All right. Man. On that note, let, let, let's take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're feeling yourself, man. <laughs> Now that you saw that, you know how music is made. You can't ever tell anybody you saw that. And we're back. <laughs> back on the bomb pod. Oscar's here. Hey, everybody. Um, learned some musical secrets that he didn't know. His life has been predictable all along. Yeah. You've liked um, everything you were supposed to like. Absolutely. Yeah. But it, it's pretty interesting because it's like, even though there's a template, that template exists in more ways than one. So, like, obviously, you know it because it works for music. Yes. It's the same template that works in many different areas, man. Like what? Talk to me. <clears throat> what areas are you talking about? Well, for me, like, you know, as, as passionate as you are about music, I wish I wish I had a cool passion like that. But mine is just business. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean business? Like, well, the, the, the art of the deal, the love of, of being a hunter. Like, what are we talking about? No, uh, for me, the, like, what really gets me going is when I see a struggling business and I can turn them around. Like, like for example, like Kitchen Nightmares or whatever, yeah. something like that. When I can turn them around... Oh, yeah. that's, that's the high. That's what I get. I legit believe you because I've known you for so long. Yeah. I've known you for at least like almost close to 20 years at this point. Yeah. So was, and this is the first time I, I talked to you face to face in almost in years yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I genuinely believe you because when you see this online, you're like, I just love fixing businesses. I'm like, why? <laughs> it's it's just I don't know because like the thing the reason why is because it's like for example like I see you grind, mm-hmm. right, and. I see you grind, I see you grind, I see you grind, but then you're not getting to the point where you really want to be. Right? 100%. And so for me, it's like, well, 
I know something, I have a template, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that pretty much will help you get there. Yeah. Right. So when, when you see what the template is and you actually implement and you see it work, the look on your face is, is that is what does it for me. It's like, oh, I just changed this person's life. And then mm. what's cool about that is that like, as a marketer, I can only help so many people, so many businesses, but that business can impact many others. And that's kind of where I know it's getting fruit fruit, but that's really kind of what it does it for me. Cause I really don't care about like sales like obviously money is, is super cool and i like it and all that kind of stuff but like like i heard one of your podcasts where you wanted you wanted to be a rock star yeah and you wanted to you know whatever. there's no money involved i just just want to parade around and do as i please <laughs> well that's the dream right that's the freedom yeah. right you do do what you want do as you will type of thing but it's less like how cool would it be to actually make that happen you know what i'm saying there's no option exactly um, uh, like like you said you got to burn the boats that's right <laughs> so but like it, it's just like I can't wait for it to happen to you so I can see that look on your face, you know, like when it's actually there and you're like in front of Madison Square Garden or wherever the hell you want to be. It's and about being on the other side of the barrier, man. That's what I tell it. the boys all the, the time. On the other side of the fence, man. On the other you side. Know? And so it's just, for me, that, that's kind of what it is. So my passion is not necessarily business. It's more so like, okay, you have a problem. Let's figure out this problem. Yeah. Let's make it happen. I feel that you mentioned fruit, but like, honestly, passions are, are just... You know, they just get you all emotional to begin with. Like, one of the problems I had always was denying that yeah. these were my passions to begin with. Because, you know, people just want to squash it. Right. You know, there's no one uh, excited about being, um, uh, like, say, like a Best Buy employee. Maybe mm-hmm. if it's your first job as a kid, but eventually mm-hmm. it wears out. And you have enough places of employment where you feel like how the rat race is. Yeah. A thing that kind of empowers me more now is seeing how many people are choosing freedom in that respect. Like we went to a, a barbecue place that we go to, Hate hey, hey, Mon- hey Monday's Tavern, mm-hmm. where it's, it's so small business and he's doing whatever he wants. Yeah. And he doesn't, he's just like, if you like it, cool. If you don't, don't. Yeah. And I feel the more people who empower themselves, like all the breweries that we have in the area now, mm-hmm. there's a lot of breweries here in Kendall. Why? Because people got tired of just going to Winwood for everything or going yeah. east. Like, I just so want a beer with my friends <laughs> in a quiet, semi-quiet environment. And now we have that in this area. Dude, Kendall's changed so much. It's crazy. It's it's um, <laughs> it's a lot more of, of the people who grew up around us not understanding they got to open businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Before growing up, I, there was the only small businesses I would ever frequent was the Latin food places that my parents go to because yeah. they're going to go to Colombian places only because that's what they are. Belantes. Right? Rest in peace. But... <laughs> um, it's, it's funny now to see how all these things propagate. But you want to travel around and help mm-hmm. out businesses. So you, you essentially want to counsel people to be more successful versions of themselves. Yeah, because it's like, I, I truly believe that like, the lifestyle you want is going to be fueled by the business you eventually create at some point. Yeah. Right. So like the lifestyle you want at some point is going to be created by your band. Like you're going hard on it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, and, and we were talking about education earlier and like the thing that I see is that many people are trying to reinvent the wheel. Like, you know, it's not complicated. It's traffic and conversion. How many people can you tell about your show? How many do you actually turn into actual people attending mm-hmm. the show? That's it. Okay, how do we figure that out? How do we get the most exposure? How do we convert the most? Traffic conversion. Okay, done. And if that helps you get the lifestyle you want, I'm all for it. Let's make it happen. I think um, you're a critical role into someone like me who who 
whenever I think of something I want, I reverse engineer that process first. Absolutely. But sometimes along the lines, uh, dreams are really big or ideas are big. Mm -hmm. And that reverse engineer part becomes very, very... I guess not spotty, but more like a like an outline, right? Mm-hmm. Not a fulfilled manifesto of what I gotta do daily yeah. for things. So I'm taking it that you, you take some time to kind of bridge those gaps with people. Let's say they want to have a you know like a food truck. You're like, mm-hmm. I need to sell food to make money. That's that's their A to B. I do want a food truck, by the way, at some point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, what, what do you ask for people? Uh, what's like the, the basic questions you at, you gauge from somebody before you want to get them as a client or not? Well, as a client, it goes into a sales conversation mm-hmm. typically, right? So I kind of ask like, most of the time when I talk to a business, it's like they want more sales. Okay, so why do you want more sales? Or actually, I should rephrase that. You never want to say why. It's always what. Because why has a negative connotation, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, what about more sales is important to you right now? Oh, okay. Right? Boom, and then you tell me that. So I write that down, right? And then I ask you, okay, well, what about XYZ is so important to you at this moment? Doom. Okay, if you attain XYZ, what would that mean for you, right? So it's pretty much getting like a surface level want. So I want more sales, but then connecting it to a deeper, you know, emotional state. The needs are. Right. And it's all, because buying is irrational, man. I mean, it's just like anything else, like music, right? It's very subjective. Mm -hmm. Same thing when it comes to, running a business it's like a business is your baby this rock band is your baby so you're always occupied on what is the best that i should be doing yeah what's the best podcast setup what's the best video editing software what is the best microphone or what's the best whatever right but at the end of the day when you're too close to it you can't really see the bigger picture and that's when you need someone else to kind of take a step back mm-hmm. which i'm assuming in music would be the producer role yeah right i'm, I'm that's usually me i'm, I'm usually the the subtractor <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah to take a step back and look yeah. at the entire big picture and then you can be like okay here's what you're at here's where we are right now but here's where you want to go so let's start to bridge this gap you know it's it's a process i think i think having a creative process uh in a, in a positive environment and then having a way to market it because creative people are always annoyed that no one cares about their song a week later and like I always believe it's just laziness of marketing I've always here's felt, my question what's that if, if I can interrupt man do you care about your own product is there a follow-up question well I mean I kind of just wanted to you know Oh, be some dead air just to kind of. I'm gonna say yes. (laughs) I mean, I thought I thought it was just like, do you care enough about your own product? Because here's the thing, right? Yeah. Like, and and maybe most people don't know this, but like, when you post a song, and you tell your friends and family about it, those are the only people that ever see it, right? Not the people you actually need to get Mm -hmm. you the exposure, right? So it's like you're willing to put all this time creating new song, new content to show to the exact same people, yeah, right. But have you ever thought about maybe advertising your music? That's a scary word for musicians. They always think they're getting scammed or they're getting hustled. But see, here's the thing, like, okay, for musicians, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I always thought about this, too. Like, if I had, like, a rock band, here's how I would approach it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, like, um, I, I work with a lot of service-based businesses, right? So it's just, um, whatever, I don't know, um, electrician, right? So mm-hmm. here's how to get, um, they sell... AC units to, you know, Florida homes, right? So they create a bunch of content around how to keep your home cool, right? So they create this video on, you know, insulation, whatever, whatever. And what they do is they advertise that video to Mm -hmm. their local area, right? What does that do? 
I guess the local area to understand who they are and what they do. Yeah. And uh, you're a fan of Gary Vee? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Gary Vee says, you should create content that puts you out of business. Yeah. Okay? So if I'm in music, the content that I'm creating is, is my music, mm-hmm. right? So if you wanted to, for example, I don't know, sell out a venue in a local area, mm-hmm. why not have four or five pieces of music, like music videos, and promote that to that area? And get people excited about your music, mm-hmm. get more exposure to that music. Like, it, does does that make sense, or am I yeah. out of line? It's actually yeah. in our, my in the current plan. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Say I'm just, a lot. I'm, yeah, I'm like my bad. You know, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's just kind of like, you know, it, we're no longer in a world where you can grow things organically. Like, and I'm talking about like an online. Like, if you try to post a blog, no one's going to see it unless yeah. it's it's a pay to play system. Yeah. So. You know, if you really believe in your art, you can do a lot with just putting a buck a day behind it, you know, on some Google ads or Facebook ads or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've worked with AdSense. I've done that stuff before. Yeah. There's, um, there's a, but the, I could also say that the parts we've lacked in is the organization and the militant strategy to get it done because mm-hmm. it's, it's not posted all the time. So we've had good results before when mm-hmm. I'm just like a song of ours has succeeded in our eyes where I didn't understand as to why anybody would like it, but... It not to knock our own stuff, but it's just like there's a songwriting thing where like people are gonna like the thing you hate the most, and it happens all the time. <laughs> it happens all the time, even in the non-creative world. Like yeah. every time I look at something that I think is like terrible, it ends up outperforming and doing amazing things. And it's just like, you know, <clears throat> I, I found that the more raw something is, the better people will resonate to it. Like the less edited, the less filtered, yeah, all that kind of stuff, people will resonate more towards that and appreciate it a whole lot more you actually get bigger dividends and returns on your investment by keeping it as unfiltered as possible and yeah. giving them some kind of like stock, almost a stock feeling type of, you know, production. I, I you know? do. I, I guess that's why I like Rogan shit so much. It, it doesn't feel, I don't like, I don't, I, I hate podcasts <laughs> that have like, like a, like they're the midway through, they're trying to sell me like Omaha steaks or, <laughs> or like anything else like that. It just pisses me off. I'm yeah. like, why are you doing this to me, Chris Jericho? I know you need to make your money, but, Still, I'm listening to this podcast. He's like, like Omaha steaks in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, man, I go tasty with some. But he's just like, he's such a worker. He he'll he'll move the subject. I'm like, yeah. you stop. I don't mind Bill Burr though. <laughs> I hate it. I hate commercials during my podcast. I pay for YouTube Premium to avoid commercials. Like really? Yeah. I, I have I have not. I have not. I'm so cheap, man. I have not paid for Spotify Premium. I have not paid for oh, YouTube Premium. Man. None of that. Nothing gets me past my job to, to just be on <laughs> unlimited YouTube. Oh, I'll, I'll watch a three-hour Rogan and just be like, "Let's go, dude!" I've been I've been stuck on YouTube. Like mm-hmm. I watch YouTube more than I watch anything else. Yeah. And like this one channel has just been capturing my attention for like the past month. I don't know, have you heard of them? Two Set Violin? No. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. It's like I don't even play violin. I don't know anything about classical music, but these two dudes are just like they're from Australia. They play on their violin. And it just cracks me up, and I'm just literally glued. And I'm just, I'm always amazed at what a YouTube channel can actually do. That's why I'm excited for, not to plug ours, but we have a YouTube channel, shameless hey, plug, Demigod Collective, YouTube, Demigod Discipline. Uh, we took a break because we've been moving things around, but the goal is to have that vlog uh, be once a week. It's, it's, what's it's, the channel again? Uh, Demigod Collective, and the vlog is Demigod Discipline. Gotcha. It's a vlog, it just evolves into what we're doing. Right. Um, which is cool for documentation, taking the Gary V format. We're going to have like original shows um, that like the members partake in. So really nice. participating in YouTube and maybe some other special things. Are you doing this Patreon stuff? <sighs> that's, a, that's a community building thing. You can't do it early. 
I'm gonna say don't do it. Which uh, we can talk about that later. (laughs) It's not like important to me, but like I know it's a community building thing, and and, like you can even do the subscribe button on YouTube and whatever. There's, I'm all into working for free though. My two cents is that why are you gonna give someone else the commission that you could be making? That's that's all I'm saying. Get me paid direct. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> um, there's still a lot I have to learn, but I, I know the, the, the media we can control, I know we can outdo. Mm-hmm. You, you can just see how the online game works and yeah. you just have to play it accordingly mm-hmm. and you have to move your boulder up the damn mountain and, and just do it in a way that you're, you get everything out of all the content you have. How, how do you take care of yourself now? In what respect? Like, well, like when you got all this stuff going on, right? Like obviously the band is, is a main focus for you right now and so you're you're it sounds like you're about to go heavy with your bandmates on creating this awesome content and you got the album coming out at some point um so like how how are you taking care of yourself like what's your self-care that's a great question um i fast so i only eat from between 12 to 8 intermittent yeah nice um you know i fasted for 10 days one time just water yeah uh electrolyte water so i was doing that for a while i was doing great and then i started building this band and Fasting went out the window. <laughs> yeah, I I did a juice fast for two months, okay. and um, all I felt was cold. It was very weird. <laughs> yeah, because you didn't have enough salt. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, but then I balanced out of it. Um, I I try to work out now as much as possible. I like doing two times a week. Um, sleep has never been my thing. Like I just I can't sleep. I've done snore tests. I don't snore at night. Like I just I just. I just don't sleep well. Like, I'm going to go to bed, like, midnight. I'm going to pop up at 6 in the morning. But I, <laughs> I feel that happens now because I have, like, this urge to live. Yeah. And I have anxiety to get shit done all That's the time. Good. But I wanted to bring up something earlier. And, like, I, I feel like like my balance equation is different. I feel like I got away with so much shit as I'm younger. Mm-hmm. I feel like I tilted the scale in the fun line. <laughs> that, like, I could tilt it in the work line. Yeah. And, um... I always pride myself on the team to be the hardest worker. Mm-hmm. And I know that talent doesn't matter when you're willing to outwork everybody. Right. And I'm telling the guys, um, as I tell them, I tell them everywhere, put in, a, put in two years of fucking hard work and I bet you you're on the other side. 10,000 hours, man. You have to put in the, like the research. Like we were writing music. Um, mm-hmm. One of our members was writing and I'm like, nah, I'm researching. Mm-hmm. Like I spend my time, the times I picked those covers. Right. I'm researching those songs that hour, mm-hmm. like, and I'm getting those techniques. And the reason I post them as creative as I can is I'm trying to flex a couple muscles at once, the social media one and the creative one. Nice. I tell that to everybody because I know they're not going to do it, so I don't fucking care. <laughs> you know how people are. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no secret to, to me. Like, someone will see, like, why are you doing that? And, like, it's accountability for myself, my guy. I'm getting better at guitar. I'm getting better at videos. I'm getting better at social media. By the time that you wake up at nine in the morning, motherfucker, that's why I do it. I yeah. feel I finished filming that shit like <clears throat> at seven a.m. You see my board here? Yeah. That's what I live by. They don't get to know what it is, but that's the order that I wake up and I live my life. And by the time this shit's done, it's like it. six thirty. I love it. That's awesome. So. Because it, it's it's discipline, man. Like I, I know people like to say accountability, but discipline is is key, man. Uh, I read this book. I think it's literally called Discipline by uh, Jocko. <laughs> he was on the Joe Rogan. Jocko Wilnick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guy with the watch every fucking morning. Yeah, yeah, every 4.30. 30. So anyway, so Legend. I follow him on Instagram, right? Because I'm just like, man, this guy's already awake. <laughs> and um, I like, and, and it's just so true where it's like, you don't need motivation, you need discipline. <clears throat> Excuse me. But like, 
Um, this is something that I'm trying to get back on because I used to wake up religiously at 4.30 in the morning. Yep, the magic then, hour. Yeah, and it was amazing because I would go out for a walk. I'd listen to, you know, one hour of whatever, either something, something you know, inspirational, mm-hmm. some kind of podcast, whatever. I would come back, do something on my business, and literally by like 9 o'clock, before anyone else is pretty much up, I'm literally done with all the tasks that yeah. I have to do for the day. It was amazing. Um, so I'm trying to currently work back to that, but I'm, that's pretty kick-ass that you have this here for you. That's awesome, man. I, I, um, I get usually emotionally affected and kind of depressed if I'm not doing something. So that, that's how I know where, like, I've come to terms with where my energies are. And this is very hippie and spiritual, but it's true. Like, I, I have no issue spending a day doing the shit I love mm-hmm. because I spent almost a decade doing bullshit that didn't matter. <laughs> right. Like So like, for me, the, the, that's why back to the scale, it's yeah. like, let's go. Let's work <clears throat> as hard as possible to get to this goal. Yeah, because now you have purpose. Yeah. You have responsibility, right? So I discovered purpose November of last year where I'm just like, this is the only way this is going to work. Yeah. Um, everybody thinks I'm crazy. No one believes in what I want to do. I have to maintain that it. mentally because if not, like... You, you you don't push yourself to prove wrong. And the best ideas don't get out unless you're trying to. So you work better off shame. Off shame? So like if I say, hey, JP, you can't do this. You're not going to do this. It's not going to happen. I just, I just, it, I, I don't, it doesn't matter. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 the, I feel like I work the <clears throat> most off. It's a possibility. Why can't I do it? Mm-hmm. Like it's, and it, it's always been the back of my mind has always been that. It's like, why not? Like, I have all the resources. Right. Like, why, why can't I? And, and it's convincing others for them to believe the why can't I. Mm-hmm. Like, shaming me doesn't work. Like, I, I am, I'm so used to, uh, to being shit by others. <laughs> I've had teachers quit on me. I've had years of people. That's why I don't use my full name because people have been wrong about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I've always wanted to be, <clears throat> like, I've always wanted to be something else. Like, I was just, like, I'm, I got tired of it. Like, I, yeah. you know, like, I grew up a brown kid. Like, I don't want to, I'm like, why can't I just be Caucasian? Like, like why <laughs> why were these hands yeah. dealt to me? Yeah. And the more I come to terms with it, the more it's led me to the path of, like, I'm going to achieve this um, regardless. The one thing I knew, and the one thing I subconsciously knew mm-hmm. was, through all my twenties, was I didn't accumulate debt or or a kid or a marriage. Yeah, because I think I always knew that I wouldn't be able to achieve this if I had those things, mm-hmm. and so I knew subconsciously always I just didn't want to do it. It was and it wasn't until the guys got on to point with me when they got older, and then they lived out some other dumb shit, and they realized, wait a minute, this is it. Yeah, this is the what life I get, and the rock star stuff is is just. I just want to move around with freedom. There's no reason why I can't do a podcast, comedy, own my own coffee shop, uh, have a YouTube channel. I have such mm-hmm. successful friends. Yeah. Um, a couple almost, you know, sneaker spots, a couple of the own like vintage clothing spots. I have a friend right now who's a who's trying to open up a <clears throat> coffee shop because he's 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 done a successful venture as a YouTuber. Nice. So now that's enabled him to do that, and mm-hmm. then he sells clothes on the side based mm-hmm. off his YouTube fame. Mm-hmm. My friend who tours, everyone, a lot of these people have been here. That's awesome. Like my friend who tours, you know, our other friend who has his MMA yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, why can't I do it? Yeah. I'm not any different. I have right. these people at arm's reach from me. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing was, everybody hits their doubt period at different times. Mm-hmm. Eventually, just people are just like, I can't take it. You get that suffocating feeling. It's the reason right. why I'm leaving here. It's just like, I can't take it. It's just nothing can make me stay. 
Yeah, I need you to. Gotta, you, gotta, you know, you have to go somewhere else in order to grow. It has a long winded diatribe. Usually, people don't get me to talk much on these things. That's awesome. I could talk alone. Yeah. Because it's in this room, but yeah. usually people don't ask me good questions. Well, it's because I'm interested. I'm interested in, in your process, man. Because it's like, you know, it, it's you, obviously I heard five of your podcasts right on the way down. Because I was like, all right, let me get let me get ready for this. <laughs> let me let me get mentally in the in here, right? Um, but it's kind of like I also been in your shoes too, where it's kind of like all you feel like is you have these four walls and a computer screen and a mic and you feel like that's it. Like no one else can hear you type of thing. I don't know. I don't know if you've gone through that. Yeah. At least for me. Oh man, I've been in this room three days, like 72 hours alone. The only people I would see were the Starbucks I visit. Like terrible anxiety and misery. Yeah. And after a while you think like that, if you don't have perspective, right? Like you start to stop, start the self doubt starts to kind of kick in and it's kind of like, it, am, am I what is what I'm doing actually worth it? Is it any good? Do people any value it at all? And like, if you don't have someone to kind of just hey, have you taken care of yourself this week? Yeah, kind of just check on you. You can yeah. go down a very dark hole really quick. That's true. I'm also I've been told very hard on myself. There's been plenty. There's been plenty of lady who's been told me that all my life. And I'm very difficult on myself. But mm-hmm. then I've had plenty of dudes be like, I don't know. How the fuck you can lead people through anything? I was just like, we're well, self-deprecating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. should have been English. I should have been English. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, you, you would have been a comedian by now, man. I, you know what? I'm, the first thing I'm gonna do when I get to the area is I want to do stand up. Yeah, I've always wanted to do stand up. Um, and I've villain theater is pretty close in distance. Yeah, I've, I've wanted to do stand up too. I mean, but I'm not dude, good at it. But prepare your three minutes. I have a yeah. good three. I have a good three minutes. I want to work it up till five. I, I just have, I have the skit in my head. Where, like, I just want to go on stage and just do, like, this boyfriend-girlfriend. Like, just me, though. Like, sitting on a chair, playing video games. Right? And so, yeah. it's like, like, I don't want to say a word. I just yeah. want to, like, sit there, pretend I'm playing a video game. And then I'll be, like, the girl trying to cuddle. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. And then it's kind of, like, over time, the guy's, like, get the freak off me, right? But then, at the end, when he actually wants to cuddle, the girl's, like, get off. Because <laughs> it's, like, I, I just find that out in relationships. Like, it's never at the right time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for either parties yeah so it's so, you know what mine was about the mine was about either um jobs like having mm-hmm. to work mm-hmm. or about relationships anybody who knows me oh, oh guys at least know that i i just say that yeah she plays games but they're on my field Ooh. i say that all the i sincere the thing is i sincerely believe that mm-hmm. as the inner predator in me i'm just like whatever the fuck you want yeah but but, but we we know why we're here. Like yeah, I'm terrible yeah. with that shit. I can't help it. <laughs> but I've gotten myself in a lot of situations in life that I just want to be like. I just want to like. I just want to joust on. Yeah. Because I've seen some shit. I've been involved. In, like I said last one. I've mm-hmm. I've done some shit. I've <laughs> seen some shit. I'm, I, and I feel like there's no better time to do it now, where I'm at my social low. Yeah. Like where where like society has deemed me. That's forgettable. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's the perfect place. I am forgettable. So, but like, so if you feel like society has deemed you forgettable, does that mean you want to make your music, your band unforgettable as well? Unforgettable. I take the music very seriously. Everything yeah. else is just part of the game. Okay. Um, I definitely want to leave a mark. I definitely want to give back to... The legends that I listened to. When I heard the first Metallica song I did, uh, Fate to Black, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, I need to do that thing. I need to I need to play all that. I would rewind that on my yellow Walkman that I recorded from 94.9's A that I would just rewind that <laughs> shit. I would just hear it. Hear it in my sleep. 
And then I get my first Metallica record, uh, the Black Album. Then I got Ride the Lightning. And then, you know, for Christmas, you know, I was blessed with a bass that I didn't ask for. But I was like, mm-hmm. fuck it. I'm going to learn that. Yeah. Remember, they gave up on guitar. Then <clears throat> I learned that. And then I got a piano. I learned that. Mm-hmm. I got a drum set. I learned that. No one ever taught me shit. Right. Um, I picked it up all myself. I did my first, I think my friend laughs at the story. I got my first drum gig. Uh, <laughs> So I never had a drum set growing up, right. and I had a high school drum gig. Um, I told my friends I could play drums. He believed me. <laughs> so here's the thing, guys. I was an air drum champion, Ooh. and all my friends can attest to that. So the song was uh, Kryptonite, okay. like three, do- wow. <laughs> three doors down. And I was just like, I was just doing the motions. I'm like, I can figure it out. I'll find. So, yeah, I'm like, I could do it. I didn't have a drum set at this time. My neighbor had a drum set, and he let me practice a song twice, and I got it. Dang. So we get to stage. This is like the auditorium of high school, mm-hmm. right? What high school did you go to? Killian. Oh, man. So this is like a, like a, like a show. And my friend's a singer for this song. And so he, he goes, um, and then we start playing. And like everything turns out fine, I was on time. Everything was perfect, Man. except and this is like a, the most embarrassing part because <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't turn the snare on, oh. so I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I, I was just playing with doom, doom, and I had no fucking idea. Oh, man. When I got a drum set, I then learned that. I learned what that meant. Mm. But I knocked the fuck out of the park. I heard, the, awesome. I heard the, the tape afterwards. Yeah. I was like, see, <laughs> I, I could bullshit myself into it. That same friend with that tenacity taught me how to dance. He's now a traveling dancer. Oh, wow. And so I taught him guitar, mm. and he taught me how to dance. Dance what? Salsa, merengue, like, watch out, all oh, that shit. Okay, okay. So I, I didn't know that in high school. Yeah. So him, him and his dance buddy were amazing to me. I went out dancing once, and mm-hmm. this girl just thought I was a scrub, so she disposed of me. My yeah. friend, Jose, he, he he's cute, up, and he was like, just like, up? move out of the way. Yeah. This guy just spins her so many ways, like violently, this girl cracks her heel. Ooh. And he did it on purpose for me. He said so. I was like, I don't care if that's true, but I love it, man. Real MVP, man. He's like, really? <laughs> I remember I'm like he like Cuban machismo took over. I was like a defeated oh, puppy. I was like, oh, you know, with my express dress shirt, you know, being a piece of shit. Express. I know I had an express dress yeah, shirt. Yeah, I don't yeah. even have to. I know I did. I was okay. 18. Bacawacha was open. Uh huh. And he pulled me, grabbed that girl, just, just spin movements and like over exaggerating. You know? mm. He did it. What were we talking about? Oh, <laughs> totally forgot. Oh yeah, I played drums. I learned every instrument alone. That's how determined I was. And the yeah. last thing I needed to conquer was singing. Okay. And uh, I do video because I hate video. Mm-hmm. I hate video people. And I kind of just figured it out um, with when, when I broke it down mm-hmm. uh, by, by necessity. Mm-hmm. So I learned that. Now I'm trying to put more effort into learning about the actual recording process of music, which I very, very little. Okay. But I've learned to construct a better song idea to send it to the guys. So it's been a procedure. Our mm-hmm. my first, um, our first project we learned was we've learned a lot from. So we're ready to take the lessons from that and move them into a future product where we know we have to work 360. You know the shirts yeah. we sell, the YouTube videos we have. What um, would you say was the biggest lesson you learned from then and now? Overall, yeah. Survival of the fittest. Ooh. 
There's no reason I should lose. Okay. If I lose, it's my fault. If my team loses, it's because they didn't believe in me is how I always feel. And I tell them, since we discovered purpose, I've told them straight out, I want you to work your ass off. And if you want to quit, you have to tell me. Mm. Like, I'm not making you stay it's here. It's the uh, WDFA mentality. What does that mean? We don't fuck around. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't fuck around. <laughs> yeah. uh, to the point I told their, I told their, their girls, too. I'm like, this, this goes for you guys, too. Ooh. No one is getting in the way of my shit. How, how, how do they take that? If you don't mind me asking. I mean, we've, 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 it's just like we're all older. Everyone's okay. 27 and above, 28 and above. And we, so look at life how it is now. Yeah. If we don't take something seriously. Right. And they're successful. One of them has a degree. The other one, you know, they're all, we're all like smart, successful yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we're all unhappy. So you start to be like, look, this could work, mm-hmm. but you just gonna have to understand it's a priority over everything. Yeah. And now, funny enough, when I move into the new place, the first thing we're doing is having a meeting and I'm setting those expectations clear. Can like, you get them on a program like that? Yeah. Well, I've been prepping them for the last two months. For the mm-hmm. last two months, I keep saying like August 15th. Like, mm-hmm. have free time. Do whatever you want now because once I move in, it's... you don't have freedom anymore. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I've told yeah. them, not freedom. You're going to have to tell me why you're not here working on your dream while I am. Mm. Because I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna give the first excuse because as the leader, mm-hmm. it has to go with me. So I gotta mm-hmm. set the precedent and tone, mm-hmm. and I gotta make sure that they understand I'm not fucking around. And like now, before you know, like those inconsistencies you may have with a partner, mm-hmm. when you're not fucking around. You don't care how they feel about it. You're like what's going on? Yeah. When you remove that shit, because there's been buffers always, right? That mm-hmm. I maybe do I'm doing something and I don't communicate. They do something, they don't communicate, and we're left with like that kind of like ugh feeling. Right. Well, that can't exist anymore. Okay. It has to be. We get, this is a job. We set a schedule. You have to obey schedule, or uh, as they like to say, they want the old JP, which is a more aggressive version. I've I've kind of teetered and docile, and now I'm back to the aggressive version of myself, mm-hmm. but only because I'm now able to speak with purpose. So I don't attack anybody personally. I attack what they love. <laughs> so, so right, uh, right. like let's like, let's say if um if you had a wife i'd be like yeah. gotta get this to work how are you gonna make sure she gets to eat yeah i don't talk because you don't care i could bitch at you for whatever you want right but if i'd be like how can you pay rent for your wife if you don't do this yeah you're pulling on the emotion yeah right i got tired of 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 those things being off the window the guys need to understand that if we do this well enough mm-hmm. we can live off the fruits of our labor you just have to believe it you have to put in the work and you have to not listen to anybody very specifically because everybody around you is a loser so what what does the end goal look like the end goal is to build one thing <laughs> <laughs> to then build another thing to me okay. yeah. I, demigod there will be an exit strategy okay of course but guess what Every time I do a podcast, the demigod profile goes up, mm-hmm. and every and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I need to be multiverse in order to, to get you what I want. Huh? Omnipresent. Yeah, and eventually, you know, move up to real estate, and then mm-hmm. scale upwards. But what I've noticed is you just need to win out one thing. Mm-hmm. Once you win out one thing, it's easier to branch out. My podcast is taken more seriously if my YouTube videos for demigod are getting 10 million views. People are going to want to listen to this. Yeah. It's and it's going to happen. Vice versa. I'm like, it's going to give you an effect because if I get to interview like 
so-and-so famous dude, you were on this and you can use it as leverage. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about all these things currently all the time in the pure business sense. And I count the guys, uh, uh, I count on, on Goose to keep my humanity up. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I count on Q to rein in the bullshit that I say, mm -hmm. whether it be a dream that I want or something that can't be done now or not scalable. Mm -hmm. he, he reins me in for that because I'm like, I want all this. And he goes, that can't happen. And I'm yeah. like, and he, but he'll break it down for me. Okay. He's more analytical in that approach as, as I'm, I'm not. I'm macro dream dude. Mm -hmm. A lot of the songs we have, it's been like, you think we can do this into this into this? Yeah. And he'll go like, we'll try. <laughs> I wish it was a more concocted idea. <laughs> I wish sometimes that it was, but I love the group because it gives us all the freedom to do that. I think that's important that you that you talk about like the group dynamics because it's 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 like it's I can't stress enough how important it is to find the right people to work with because like it sounds like you're very macro, like you just said. You're you're what was the word macro? Macro. Yeah. Yeah. So you know macro creative, right? So you're very big picture, right? Like hey, this is where I want to go. This yeah. is it. But when it comes to the small details, it sounds like Q mm -hmm. is the one that kind of breaks it all down. He mixes our music and <clears throat> generally organizes us. Yeah, um, We have a hard time, between Goose and I, um, kind of having that rigorous thing. And because our, our lives backbone rests on our music, he does. Mm -hmm. I mean, I handle all the video library. So I guess mm -hmm. that, that could be responsibility I can take for it. But I just don't feel that. I feel that everything is a byproduct of because we make music. So we kind of have to have a YouTube channel because we make music. We, we do shirts because we They're make They're all byproducts. Yeah. Right. So because I feel the music is the, is the, is the uncrushable diamond in, our, in what we do, it's what I take serious. It's what I also, on the vlog, won't broadcast. Mm -hmm. The vlog is going to be us fucking around, doing shit, talking about the creative process, but mm -hmm. you're not hearing any of that there. Yeah. That's for, that is a sacred process that the three of us get to see. Mm -hmm. So don't let this be fooled that it's just got to be like that. We all have multiple personalities. Goose mm -hmm. and I can have fun just drinking a beer, laughing at something stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Q and I, if you put us in a guitar shop, we could be there for hours talking about literally nothing. <laughs> and at the end of the day, we'll be like, ah, everything we do is on computers. But yeah. like we obsess and geek out over guitar equipment. Yeah. And because we're so, we're so different. Like my approach to music is the opposite of his. So mm -hmm. we always are kind of going like, what do you mean? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, so I like that dynamic, and then between both of their dynamics, they're they're my stability, a hundred percent. I am not in the group for stability. That ain't me. I'm yeah, the yeah, least yeah, one. Yeah. I'm the I'm the most vocal <laughs> once you know the group. But like, if if there was order of representation speaking, right. it's goose Q then me. Yeah. Because I'll fuck it up. Like I'll go on that <laughs> interview and just say shit how it is, and yeah. then we lose Pepsi. And I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to do that. Right. I am. I am super self aware. Yeah. We'll send Goose and Q to media training. I'll do the uncut shit where it, that stuff can get me in trouble. So but, are you are you guys sponsored now? Is uh no, there's um well the podcast is sponsored. But, oh, nice, okay. But um, no, I think the ultimate goal for me is like frivolously I want to have a signature guitar. I, I just I just feel like there's nothing cooler. Well, I know how like instruments don't get the the love they do, but for so me, how, man, help me visualize. What, what does it look like? What does it I don't know like? what it looks like. Want to put it this way? Here's a crazy thing that I, okay. people hate about me for guitar-wise. <laughs> All the guitars I own are someone else's signature guitars. I don't own a single instrument that hasn't been influenced by another artist. So these three? That yeah, here? that's okay. all someone else's shit. Okay. This is like the the Event Sevenfold guitarist, the lead guitarist, his signature guitar. Okay. 
Like so, like I can't play that on stage. Like I, that's like that's what he plays. But I need, yeah. I want it as a studio tool. And like, what excites me the most of it is like, man, like he put he needs these specs for a reason. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. And I want to play. I want to get that guitar. I want to play. And then I start playing his music. And I'm like, oh, this makes oh, sense. I, get I see why the neck is this. I see this. I bought a seven string guitar. I'll show yeah. you. It's seven strings. It's super big. It's sparkly green. Mm-hmm. It's the, the the guy from the Deftone system. It's your model. Okay. okay. I don't even like the Deftones, mm-hmm. but I know that he put those things there for a reason. So, as most guitarists hate that, and all my guitars are visibly loud. They're mm-hmm. all like weird colors and weird yeah, yeah, shapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just kind of just I'm like I've always wanted to. I've always been enamored with the rock star, a lifestyle, and and how you have to do things differently and I feel like even with guitars you can choose to stand out or you yeah. can choose to be like oh that's my hobby yeah. like nah that's what I fucking do yeah, all my yeah. guitars are pointy they're all loud and like I love that shit <laughs> right but I feel that that's like a me owning me thing right and I want to bring that out to the forefront I, I feel that it's so important because when I grew up music saved my life like I couldn't be an athlete forever mm-hmm. um and just being in the room you know, like, I, didn't, I wasn't, the, you know, you weren't the coolest kid growing up. Right. I wasn't. So, you know, what saved me and gave me discipline, what gave me all these things was putting on a Metallica album and just going through the entire thing. Dude, I think it was you that introduced me to Metallica. You know, I, I, think, I, so, I think so. People keep, I, Eska was talking yeah. to me and yeah. he was like, you know, you put me on to Iron Maiden. <clears throat> I'm like, I've ruined all my friends' lives. Like, this is yeah. great. Because <laughs> I, think, I think what happened was like, I think the first album I ever got was in 03 and it was Linkin Park Meteora. Classic. The, I've been referencing yeah. that recently. Dude, that uh, freaking I know that album inside and out. Yeah. Like, it's awesome because I only, I only had that and I had a Sony CD player at the time. Yeah. And that's the only thing I played mm-hmm. over and over until like I went to Specs Music, which is no longer here. Yeah, some more records, right? But then it wasn't until KOP and you, all you guys would bring the guitars mm-hmm. over, right? And you guys would play like whatever Fade of Black or something like that. Yeah, and that's I was me. Like, what, is, what is going? <laughs> what is this? What is going on over here? And then I was like, oh, that's Metallica. Dang. All right. And then I heard Master of Puppets, and then when like. They told me it's about drug abuse. I was like, whoa, this makes so much more sense. And it's just crazy. You know, I'm, I'm so deep in Metallica that yeah. I, I like load and reload now because I understand James's mid-30s crisis. <laughs> like, I'm so deep. I don't talk about it ever. Like, yeah. I posted on, on IG the recent albums that I hear on, on yeah. that, and people were like, why is there new Metallica or Maiden on it? I'm like, because that was downloaded for 10 consecutive years from the time I was 12 to 22. Yeah. Night. Yeah. I don't need to hear a Metallica song. Mm-hmm. I know them all <laughs> on literally every instrument. Like it's 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 so ingrained in my DNA that yeah. it's best that I don't listen to it because I'm gonna make it. Right, right, right. So I, I don't listen to Metallica much. I'll see them live always, duh, because that's that's my favorite band. Yeah. But I, I I love what they've created, which is that they do what they want mm-hmm. and they've always been on the forefront of of being different like i i feel with music people i I, i'm a music as music is a sport to me i like the best acts and the best genres i have no time for c-list acts (laughs) so like all right since you like to study like both from the music and also it sounds like you have signature guitars yeah you like to see how it's set up so you like to reverse engineer a lot right love it okay so like how do you make that unique to you then and i think the reference points okay um there's there's i'm able to I love writing in a certain sense of, of a narrative. So for me, music is a narrative process. It's not mm-hmm. like a beat and a flow. Okay. For me, I like it to go somewhere. I like it to have purpose. And sometimes getting that purpose across is very difficult with the people you're working with. 
don't we don't speak the same language, right? Mm-hmm. So you try to have as many reference points as possible. Mm-hmm. There's been times that works excellently. There's been times that it's been poorly. There's one time that I was working with a producer who I made a reference to like a Daft Punk song, and yeah. he just didn't know what Daft Punk was. And I was what? like, it was going to be poor. And sure it was, it was a <laughs> shitty session. Okay. Like, I'm not asking for like, we are too shit. Like, I'm asking like, like if do you know like general pop music? Because yeah. usually everything is in those songs, right? Mm-hmm. From ABBA, Michael Jackson, Billy Joel. Like, I'm not going to give you some deep cut and expect you to know it. You know, general knowledge. And once I expanded on that, you start seeing what makes a hit. You start seeing what makes an album. You start seeing what makes a a selection of songs. Mm -hmm. Like, every Metallica album for the first four start the same. General, quiet, classical guitar part. Okay. And it fades away. And it goes into blistering (laughs) tempos of metal. Both albums do that. All the albums do that. Every track four is a ballad that ramps up. There's mm-hmm. an instrumental later on. Like they all have a formula, and the self-titled track is always number two. Okay. So, that's the formula for the first four metallic albums. Right. To the fucking point. Anybody could just see that as coincidence. People won't, and that's fine. I look at that as like these guys are writing a story. Every album is a story. Very few albums are just ten songs that rock. So, are you familiar with like the hero's journey? Like story-wise? Yes. Okay. Do you use that in your music? I try to now. Okay. The thing is making stories that don't have a very... I don't don't like using nouns. That's kind of my thing now. Okay. Like I like writing... I'll show you a demo. Okay. Um, But I I got tired of he, she, me. Yeah. And writing around a, probably a set of verbs is much more fun mm-hmm. because you get the audience to interpret Their own whatever. Yeah. yeah. Before I was, it was these stories are about me. Now I want the story to be about, about the person directly in front of me, but they have no idea. Right. The audience. Yeah. Okay. Now I, I've shifted it to that point of songwriter where at yeah. first you don't, you're, you're writing because you need material. Now <clears throat> I got some spicy shit to say about some unsavory situations. Yeah. The name of the album is going to, is a call asylum. And it's basically, I've led that project into being like, I want the album to be like what happens between the ears that we're not willing to communicate. Right. So it's like me interpreting your music and it's going to affect me differently than it is someone, you know, Joe Schmiller right next to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the hope. But the hope is to to really say something wide open. And within the mind, you have so many uh, feelings Mm -hmm. that... Yeah, it's such a weird time that things get hunkered down. Yeah. And so I spent a lot of time in this room, and it's felt like that asylum for me. And it's it exasperates a lot of weird feelings, loneliness. Like, you know, when you spend a lot of time in this kind of environment and you get a text message, you are over-anxious. Mm-hmm. And it, it's to the point where now my phone's always on Do Not Disturb. Dude, I'm about to go down to, like, a Nokia. Yeah, I'm feeling that way too. Once I can get social media done for somebody for me, I would yeah. never be on it. Yeah. It's it's the self-promotional documentary shit, but I hate being on it. It's it's never had a value to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it's really just high checking with people like you. And that's mm-hmm. how we can reconnect because phone numbers become icky all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, yeah. But I know that it has good when you choose it to be good, but there's just a lot of malice on it. Yeah, and I feel bad for younger generations who seek their validation there because it's not they're not gonna get it. No, they don't. Yeah. It's like when we were growing up, man. There's a, there's a. You understand your boundaries when a dodgeball hits your face, dude. You knew exactly like you know what if, you did. if someone picked up a dodgeball, mm-hmm. get out of the way. You're out of position. You, you, I remember you, were you being doing a hard hitter, bro. Me? Yeah. 
I was violent, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was a violent motherfucker. Isn't it crazy how, like, I talk about this all the time, but I'm like, is that summer camp? <laughs> wasn't like in today's world. I don't. I don't know if it's still. It wouldn't last, dude. It'd been, it would have been shut down. People, but I loved it. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> I loved. That's one of the happiest years of my life. Absolutely. We would show up there at ten in the morning or nine in the morning, and the first activity of the day was medic, medic, <laughs> uh, a rigged version of dodgeball that allowed the counselors, who are definitely older than us, to hit us with balls in the face at velocity. And the game was designed to last. Very long with the medic. And so whoever wanted to be the meat shield for the medic, you were just getting tore up. Yeah, but then you were tagged in again. What a yeah. dumb premise. But <laughs> I couldn't get enough every morning. And I, I feel like that's what, like, there, it's like the hunt. Like, yeah. when you can get that head shot, just right. I, I would aim for the head. I wasn't fucking caring. I'm Dude, like, it's a remember, rubber ball. Uh, Mexicans crossing the border? Yeah. <laughs> now looking back. Oh man, headshots galore on that. Headshots one. galore, and like I remember, you know, my brother has like long life, like tennis level because of that shit. Oh the, yeah, he used to throw hard too. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that but wild. that was the fun part. Yeah. Like you wouldn't even get the big ball. You'd throw the big balls in the air, see what kid would look, look up, up, and then you just like don't. I remember my brother popped some kids' glasses, and the ball blew up on their <laughs> face. Like it was violent. And then but, I loved how like um. It was very violent, but like, oh man, I don't, I don't know if you were there that one year, but we had this one counselor who like, he loved playing street hockey, so we, instead of playing medic, we played street hockey in the racquetball. I actually class. wasn't there, I remember that mm. though, that's the one year you didn't go. Yeah, that was wild, man. We didn't, the, I think the, 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 the farthest evolution that we got to was extreme burn ball. <laughs> Everything that was extreme had like a... Ball. That and the hacky sack <laughs> shit. Extreme burn ball, I don't know if you guys want to steal a game from us, go ahead. Um, basically, if you play burn ball, right, you just multiple or wall ball, yeah. you multiply the balls, but you only make them racket balls, and then you incentivize people to get hit until they reach another line. So you basically have kids setting up other kids to peg them across the head yeah. with a with a blue racket ball, <laughs> and it was painful. It's that arch cracking his like, back. Oh, like, it's just, just one of those where you got hit and you just had to like walk it off, man. You know what's the sad yeah. part? I loved it. As fun as that was, when I became a counselor there, it just got eclipsed by all the medication I had to hand out to those kids. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I really didn't know what like what like kids on drugs were because yeah. my main focus as a shorties counselor, right, for the five through seven year olds, mm-hmm. was making sure their medications were given on time and making sure the Game Boys were charged. Wow. And that's like maybe five or six years taken away from when I was a kid there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was the responsibilities I had. I, was, I thought I was weird as an 18-year-old. Now yeah. look at the situation we have in the United States yeah. and, and other things. Like, it's a different generation. Um, I feel bad. Like, I would definitely enroll my child in anything physical. Yeah. Because that's, that's lacking for sure. Well, I don't know. No. No. <laughs> No, we're not gonna get into that, Oscar. Let's let's close this out. All right, man. No more, no Dude, more of those talks. It's been a pleasure, man. It's fucking awesome. Can you plug your podcast one more time and say to those people in the back because we want to make sure we check out your stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you want to learn about business, run a business, scale a business, then definitely check out the OMG Show. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher. Wherever you find podcasts, it'll be there. All right, guys. <laughs> this has been the Bomb Pod. Joda out. Thank you for listening. 
to us. We'll see you very, very shortly. Thank you.